I don't really believe like Harriet Tubman was running around saying I'm a strong black woman. I don't know if she was saying that. I don't know if Rosa Parks was saying she's a strong black woman. I just assumed they were just doing things and other people called them. But for girls, the only time you're a hoe is if you're fucking a guy to get something from him. If you're fucking a guy because you want his love, if you're fucking a guy because you want his validation, if you're fucking a guy because you even want his money, that's a hoe. to the bamboo project podcast where you will see how we turn our life into a living so i want to start off by giving a shout out to the bamboo project family i appreciate every single one of you for tuning in every week this may be your first episode but for everyone else this is episode 43 and if this is your first episode you have a lot of catching up to do for people who don't have youtube premium accounts and still want to listen to the podcast while you're getting things done around the house we have this podcast streaming on all major streaming platforms okay you can find the link for the for that in the description below we are streaming on apple podcast spotify google podcast anchor breaker radio public cast box overcast and pocket cast okay for everyone who is listening to the podcast and not watching it we have a youtube channel you know what the name is the bamboo project where you can find well actually we currently have over 300 videos right now okay we over here working of cooking tutorials travel lifestyle vlogs we have tips on makeup hair growth basketball real estate and everything us and if you want to see our day-to-day behind the scenes of how we get all of these things done you can follow us on social media Mine is Donovan Gray, D-O-N-I-V-A-N-G-R-A-Y, and the phenomenal, beautiful Anita Byrne, A-N-E-T-A-B-U-R-N. My Twitter and Instagram are the same thing, okay? Now, the Bamboo Project has multiple different projects, okay? And for each one of those projects that we have, there is an Instagram attached to that project, all right? There is the Food Project, the Music Project, the Clothing Project, the Fitness Project, the sports project and the bamboo project podcast which you are listening to right now okay and you can dm me if you want to get on the phone have a conversation something you're going through if you want a preview of what this episode is going to be about you can go to the description below and see the timestamps for everything that will be in this episode today's date is january 12th and it is currently 12 53 p.m um as you know we try and start at 10 I think today was wasn't bad. We had some other things came up that in the morning that kind of pushed us past that ten, but it was pretty good. Um, for people who are new, we have four segments on this podcast. We have the life update, which is where I tell you guys what I went through over the last week. We have episode playback. That's when I recap last week's episode because I'll go back, listen to it, and see maybe I forgot to say something. Maybe somebody told me, "Hey Donovan, I listened to your last podcast and I thought that maybe this was wrong. Or I thought that was wrong." So I'll address that on the podcast. Then we have Donovan's questions where I normally, if I have the time, I'll be thinking about something I feel is just so profound, you know, just so profound. And I just go, you know what? I wonder what other people think about this. So I'll bring that question to the podcast. And then the last segment would be the topics for the day. Okay. And that would just be, as it says in the title, the topics for the day. And today's topic is, which I've talked about before and kind of what's going on right now in the world with this whole, you know, situation. Uh, it's Is it better to have CEOs run the company or people? Um, it's kind of like a democracy versus technocracy thing. 
that's happening right now. So that's kind of the topic today. I am going to address, oh, as you already know, we'll start with the life update. Life update is usually, if not always, first. I'm going to address the elephant in the room. Okay, so last week's episode, uh, we talked about Melissa, my beautiful, amazing, phenomenal girlfriend. Um, Her vagina was on the Internet, and I feel like it needs to be addressed. Well, we had talked about it. It was like, Melissa, why is your vagina on the Internet? Right. And she was like, Donovan, it's not. I'm like, well, that's not what your mom said. Your mom told you it's on the Internet, so it must be on the Internet. Okay, so the reason this has become an elephant in the room is because. Melissa had gotten very upset by the phone call she received about this situation, right? And she tried to rectify the situation by calling her mother, right? This is one of the reasons why I had this podcast in the first place. This is one of the reasons why I started this podcast to begin with. Now, I'm going I'm to explain it so everybody understands one of the main reasons I started this podcast. I learned very on, very early on that people do not listen when you talk to them. Right. For many reasons. Right. A lot of different reasons. Melissa, same thing with me. I'll tell Melissa something. She's said it on last week's podcast. I'll say, hey, babe, um, I think that you should practice breathing more when you get upset. And she'll go, fine, I'll do that. Right. But she won't do it. She's going to say she's going to do it, but she won't do it. But then she'll read a book that says breathing when you're upset and go, Donovan, did you know that if you breathe when you're upset, you feel better? And I'll be like. Huh? You know, I said, I know you told me that, but like, I, you know, you said it, but then they said it too. So now it must be something that people do, right? This happens very often. And Melissa is not the only person that is affected by this ailment that people experience. Um, So the reason I bring that up is I know that if I'm on the podcast and I say something on here, people will take it more seriously than if I tell them in person, because if I tell them in person, Two things happen. They think I'm one attacking them and they feel like, oh, I'm going to automatically be defensive. So what they'll do is I can say, hey, what you did was wrong. And they'll say, well, I don't think that's the case. And and I'm like, but it's 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 wrong. But they don't want to feel hurt. They don't want to look bad to me or whoever is telling them the thing that they did was wrong. So that's why I figured, OK, if I have a podcast and you watch the podcast or you listen to the podcast, you can't argue with me. I'm not there to argue with. So now you have to sit there and listen. And that's honestly what the whole purpose of a conversation should be is one person listening to the other person. That person stops talking. The other person in the conversation then starts talking and the other person listens. That's how a conversation should go. But like I said, that's not how they go. So I started the podcast. I'm like, I need to figure out a way to kind of solve this problem. Now, another thing that comes up from having a podcast is when I talk to a lot of people who are on the podcast, listening to the podcast, the person watching the podcast, if they're in talk, if they're involved in a situation that involves me, then they'll feel like, oh, I need to defend myself or I'm going to call the person about what they said on the podcast. And then once they call me, we get to have that conversation as opposed to, like I said, in the first step, which would be they don't want to hear me. They don't want to talk about it. They just want to defend themselves. The second thing is now that they're calling me, now they're open to under, they want to ask me, hey, Why'd you say that thing that you said? Because if I said it to them the first time, they're not going to ask me why I said that. They're going to straight, they are going to go straight to defend myself. But now that they saw it in the podcast, they're going to call me and go, why would you say that on the podcast? Well, here's the reason why I said that. And now we can actually have a dialogue. So I'm going to drink my water before I get into what's coming next. People who have been here for 
43 weeks, maybe even a little bit less. You guys know a lot of history about uh, me, Melissa, and her family, okay? And we've actually had conversations on the podcast with, you know, my sister was on here uh, with her boyfriend. They were on here. Then you had um, my cousin. We talked about this, too, and we also touched on the fact of how different parents from different cultures raise their kids and how I believe that parents should raise their kids. If you did not hear last week's episode, I'll give you context. Melissa had got a call from her mother and her mother has said that her vagina was out on the Internet and she did not like what Melissa was putting out on the Internet. She was not fond of it, which is fine. I think that's acceptable for a parent not to like what their child is doing. Um, I think the problem comes in is when the parent does not want to have the conversation with the child. I think that that's when the problem arises, because what that means is the parent is trying to force their beliefs and their ideologies on the kid. They're not actually trying to have that conversation and say, okay, well, I don't like what you did, but as my child, can you explain to me why you did that? I want to understand what you were going through that made you do that. But a lot of times, like I said before, parents don't look at children as an equal. So they don't think that what they what they say, what their opinion is matters. They figure that whatever I say has to go. I'm the parent and I know better than you. I know more than you. So you're going to do what I tell you to do. And that no matter what relationship it is, whether it's parent to child, teacher to student, uh, boyfriend to girlfriend, husband, that's not a good dynamic for a relationship. It should, both people should be open to listening to the other person and then go, hey, okay, I understand what you said. I don't agree with it, but I understand it, and I just don't like that. And now that we came to that conclusion, I would prefer not to speak to you because that's not something that I stand for. I'm not, I don't agree with what you're doing or how you're living your life, and I don't stand for that. And as a person, I don't have to be in your life if you're going to do things I don't like. Now, when I say that, that goes for both people. Melissa could say to her mom, you know what, mother, I don't like the way that you live your life. I don't want to be a part of that. It's, it's, it's my power and my right to say that. Melissa's mom could say, hey, Melissa, I don't like how you live in your life, and I don't want to talk to you anymore as my daughter. I disown you, whatever the case might be. Those, both those things are possible, and I think it's within both of their right to do that. I don't think anybody's wrong for doing that. If you guys have the conversation and you guys figure out, hey, I don't like this, you guys can go your separate ways. So Melissa got a call about her vagina being on the internet, right? And Melissa reacted emotionally in that phone call. Not as bad as I've seen her do before, but she got upset. Now, I didn't really hear what her mother was saying on the phone, so I don't know the tone of her mom. But from what I got, uh, you can stop me if I say anything that's incorrect. Uh, was she insulting you? No, not really. Okay, so what do you remember her saying? So I don't want to get it incorrect. That's remember that's that is what Melissa remembers about the conversation that uh she was insinuating that you are doing something that she disapproves of. 
Okay. And that you used to be a different kind of person and you have changed for the worst. Okay. Uh, I want to get it correct if I'm going to speak on it. At least I want to get Melissa's, which, what she was in the conversation. I wasn't. Um, but again, I've seen this dynamic with them for almost two years now, or a little over two years now. Um, so during that conversation, what was the last thing she said before she hung? You, she said something to you, and then you did what? Uh, she asked me mm-hmm. why, why my vagina is on the internet. And you said, I don't care. Yes, that was Melissa's response to why is your vaginal internet? I don't care. Now, like I said, I think, like I said this earlier, I think they're both in the wrong. I think Melissa gets so upset that she, as we talked about in last week's podcast, just blocks anything out. And once she hears something she doesn't like that you said, she doesn't hear it. She, doesn't, she does not want to hear the rest of it. It's solely, I don't like what you said in the beginning of this sentence. So I'm not going to hear anything else you say for the rest of what you're saying. I don't care. And when you finally stop talking, I'm going to address the first thing you said. Even if you countered that later in the conversation, I don't care because you got me upset in the beginning. So I tuned everything else out. And not only that, she'll act emotionally throughout the rest of that conversation. So when Melissa's mother told her that she has her vagina on the Internet, Melissa responded with, I don't care. I don't care. And my thing is, well. Again, now she was probably saying I don't care to well a, a, lot, a lot of different things. She was probably saying I don't care because, uh, well, first of all, cause I know that it's not on the internet, so I'm like I don't know what you're talking about. But I didn't take, I didn't have that conversation. Right. I didn't want to delve into what she was saying. Right. So. Right, and like I said, this is this is what causes the issue. So she says I don't care to her mother, which. Could insinuate that there is a possibility that her pussy's on the internet. That does insinuate that. Um, if I say, hey, why'd you cheat? And you go, I don't care. It's like, mm, you could have probably did something. She probably cheated. Like, it sounds like you did. In the moment, that was like the best thing that my brain came up with. Mm-hmm. I believe you. And I was like, I Terrible idea. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible idea to say that. Um... But I think that it's better than Melissa, what she normally does, which is when she'll shut down and not say anything, and her mom will yell at her, and it'll just be like that. I think that this was a lot better than that. Um, I always tell Melissa that you should stay in the middle. You don't want to be too aggressive to the person, and you don't want to be too submissive. You want to be neutral. You want to you want to hear what they're saying, listen to it, process it, and respond to what they are saying. And if you think they are insinuating something, then you ask them, hey, are you trying to say that I'm a hoe? Is that what you're saying? And then they let, let them respond because they might go, I didn't say that. Okay, well, I, the reason I think that you're insinuating that I'm a hoe is because you said that I have changed for the worst and I have my pussy out. Now, I'm not saying this is what was happening, obviously. This is an example. This is what uh, how a good conversation would go. So they get off the phone and... The next day, Maybe. a couple of days later, I think it was a couple of days later, right? You guys know, if you listen to this, you obviously don't have a podcast. So I had spoken about this in the podcast last week because the reason that we believe that her mother had even found out about the situation is because we think that somebody brought the video to her, right? Now, we don't know if that's true. We think it is. We think we know who it is, but we don't know if it is or who actually did it. So. And it's just, because it's like, it's, it's a weird situation because it's not an issue that she knows about the YouTube. 
mm-hmm. videos. Mm-hmm. It's out there for a reason. Mm-hmm. For people to see it, enjoy it, dislike it, I guess. But I feel like it's one thing if you stumble across something yourself as opposed to someone framing it in a, in a negative way and showing it to you in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And that's more so the thing that I don't like. Because if somebody comes up to you and it's like, did you know that your child was at a party last night mm-hmm. drinking? And it's like, yeah, I probably could have known that. Mm-hmm. But you're presenting it into me to me in a way as if like I shouldn't like that shouldn't be a thing or it's negative. Yeah. And then people tend to continue a conversation with the energy from the first person. They don't really want to go against what they're saying. Right. So it turns the conversation negative and it's just like that's more so the thing that I have an issue with. Not that she knows that I have a YouTube or that she watches the video. Mm-hmm. So I just want to clarify. Yeah. And one thing that I want to elaborate more with Melissa just on what Melissa just said is that a lot of people, this is just commonplace, is when somebody brings something to you, let's say they bring any type of ideology to you, right? And if the ideology is not crazy, most people might go, okay, yeah, because they don't want to come off as disagreeable. I think that might be, it could be a feminine trait, but I think it's it goes across the board for men and women. But I do think that if somebody comes to you and goes, hey, I can't believe that uh, Charles pushed that kid down the street yesterday. And it's like, he's so bad. And you don't you don't ever go, well, why did he push him? You go, what? He pushed Charles? Oh, my God, that's crazy. We got to go get him. People don't go and people normally do not go against what they're hearing somebody else bring to them. They normally accept it. And they might not they may not agree with it on the inside. But to the other person, they'll go. All right, yeah, okay, I kind of, yeah, I get what you're saying, as opposed to staunchly saying, that doesn't make any sense, that's not how my daughter acts, and if it is, that's none of your business. Why are you bringing it to me or presenting it to me like it's a problem? I understand that she has this, I'll talk to her, but for you to bring it to me as if it's an issue, I don't like that. People are not really going to do that, because they don't want to tarnish their friendships with their people, their family relationships, and things like that. So, as you guys know, like I said, I have a podcast, and on this podcast... I had spoken about this last week and people who are around my age group, you guys know what the ops are right now. I had called Melissa's mom, the ops in a phrase pertaining to the person bringing her information. We believe that somebody took this information that was on the YouTube channel and brought it to her. Right. So we were saying, oh, they're sending in the videos to the ops. Right. Now it's a phrase that we use in our generation. Um, so I can see how that can be offensive, right? Now, I don't think Melissa's mother was uh, okay with that. So Melissa got a text about the situation. Uh, Melissa was confused at what was going on because she didn't understand what the text was about. So she responded to her mother and he texted her, right? Like, what's going on? I don't understand. So then Melissa tries to call her mother. This is correct. I said I don't understand. Mm-hmm. She repeated that she is the ops. <laughs> yes. And then afterwards, I, I I think, let me see. The main question is, did you attempt to call your mother? Yeah. Okay. So that's what I'm getting to. Oh, I, I, I just want to make sure that it's when you said it. Okay. I think I asked her what's the problem. Mm-hmm. And then she had said something else that I didn't really understand. So then that's when I called her. Okay, so Melissa called her mother, right? Uh, now, before I get deeper into that, 
uh, I want to address something between Melissa and her mother, which I did talk about earlier. I think that one of the issues that Melissa has on her end is that she still feels like she is her mother's child. What I mean by that is she does not see her mother as equal. So when that happens, you tend to act out with that person as if you're a child. And that can be one of two, th one of two things. It can either be uh, you become very submissive to the person who's your parent or you're always trying to one up them because you're their parent. You're trying to get back at them. Like, oh, I'm going to get you back at that because you told me when I was younger that I couldn't get French fries from McDonald's. And now that I'm older, you can't get French fries from McDonald's. I remember it's that right now. I don't think that you should act like that. I don't think that at any point in your life, honestly, other than when you're a child, you don't know. Should you ever act like that? I think that now that they are both adults, they both should be able to have a conversation with each other about what they don't like without one of without the mother trying to be the parent and without Melissa trying to be the child. It should be two adults having a conversation about something. Um, and I think that both of them have that issue where they don't see the other person as equal. Melissa sees her mother as above her. And I think Melissa's mom sees her as below her because she's her daughter. Um, so that calls for a very toxic relationship between both of them. Now, the reason I bring that up is because I don't know if when Melissa reached out to her mother and when she said, what do you mean by that? If Melissa was coming across, if Melissa's energy was angry still, I don't know if that's what it was, because if it was, that's where the, I'm, I'm, you're trying to defeat me or you're trying to, uh, suppress me as a child and I need to fight back against that. That's where that energy would come from. Now, when she called her, her mom did not answer the phone. You called her once or twice? Um, I called her once. Okay. And she didn't answer. She sent me the message that I didn't really understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when I called her. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get a response. Mm -hmm. I she didn't pick up. Mm -hmm. So then that's when I texted her to kind of clarify, I don't understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And then I called again. So you called her twice? Mm -hmm. Okay. And she didn't answer each, each one of those times. Now, this is where I think another problem comes in because I don't know why her mom didn't answer her and she didn't call her back. Anybody that is about to hear this that has Caribbean or African or uh, what is the other one? South American. People like to say that they're in the same boat or whatever. Um may deal with this. It might honestly just be a foreigner thing, honestly, to people that are not from here in uh, America. I have, I have, like, black friends. That deal with that? So, yeah, okay. So, I'm going to come into that in a second. Melissa's mom decided that she was going to respond to Melissa in the comments on YouTube. And as opposed to actually talking to her daughter. Now, everybody can see how this is problematic, okay? Now, you can come up with whatever reason that you think that it, that, that probably happened. Here's my reason. A lot of parents, uh, and I have my experiences with Caribbean or African parents, mostly Caribbean, that's mostly who I'm around, is they don't want to look bad in front of other people, right? They're like, no, somebody else might think that I'm a bad person or I'm a bad parent, and I don't want, to, I don't want anybody to think that. Whether it's true or not, they don't want anybody to think that. I had situations where... Uh, had a friend whose parent would beat them, but then, and I'm talking about beat them to the point of having, is it ACS? ASC? What are they called? ACS would come and have to come to the house, but now the parent puts on the act like, oh, beaten? Who beat him? He tripped him. <gasps> Somebody was hurting you? That's crazy. I can't believe, right? And I've heard stories like this a lot. I've heard a lot of stories where 
parents will do things to their kid to the kid and then when everybody else comes around it's almost like it never happened and they want to be seen as a great parent and if you talk bad about the parent there's consequences for that the parents never go hey i understand that you feel like what i did was wrong why do you feel like that well i'm going to explain to you and this is what i said before parents don't view their children as equals because a lot of times as from my, my experience growing up i would explain to my parents hey what you just said doesn't make any sense that doesn't make any like it literally makes no sense to me that an example would be, hey, you don't want to share the bread in the house because I eat too much bread and you hide in it. Like, I don't understand. Aren't you an adult? I would assume that as an adult, you would understand that uh, maybe just either buy more bread if you have the funds to buy more bread or have a conversation with me. Listen, come here. Come here. Sit down. Listen, we only have ten dollars in the account. OK, you eating all the bread as if we have a lot of money and we don't. So. What do you want to do about that uh, eight-year-old child? The child go, wait, we only have $10? Yes, we have $10 and the bread costs $8 and you want to eat the bread like it's water and it's free and it's not. Have that conversation with them. Give them the benefit of the doubt to be able to have that conversation. And I don't think a lot of parents tend to do that. So with Melissa's situation, I don't think that her mother, honest in my opinion, I don't think that she wants to have that conversation with her. But again, I think it's both. I think the problem comes from both sides. I don't think Melissa is at a point where she can view her mother as an equal. And I don't think Melissa's mom is at a point where she can view her as an equal. So for them to come to that table, one of the people in that conversation has to say, hey, listen, I'm an adult. And this is how we're going to have this conversation. I'm not a parent. I'm an adult. So we're going to talk like adults. Because if Melissa's mom comes to Melissa and she decides, well, I'm acting like a child. I'm talking about Melissa. Then it's not going to help the conversation. If Melissa goes to the mother and Melissa being an adult and her mother acts like a parent, they will not have that conversation. It won't work until both of them come together as adults and work out the issues by talking about it. Um, so like I said, I, the reason I'm having this is because if she does decide to watch this, I would, my, this is one of the reasons why I don't like to come over to the house for this exact reason, because I want Melissa and her mother to be able to have a conversation with each other like adults. That's the only reason that's the only, that is my biggest thing is because I know how my sister and my mom act. I know how Melissa wants to have a relationship with her mother. I know how she wants it to be, but it never goes like that. And that's problematic for me because we're dating and I don't like seeing stuff like that. So that's one of the reasons, if you're listening to this, why I don't like to come to the house because of this stuff like this. If you are upset with something Melissa did, treat her like she is an adult. Call her and say, hey, I don't like what this is. Don't berate her by calling her and being upset. Just say, hey, Melissa, I found something out. I don't like this. I want to talk to you about it and have a relationship with your daughter. That's how I feel like have that kind of relationship as opposed to parent child. You, both of you are not absolved from issue. I'm saying that both of you guys have if she because if she I have heard times where the mother because this is another thing, too. So I, I don't want it to come across as if I'm only bashing Melissa's mom or anything like that. Melissa's mom, I've heard try and talk to Melissa and Melissa will either one become like turn into a child when she's talking to her or two. Uh, and I mean, when I say child, I mean like a submissive child, like, okay, yes, mm -hmm. that's a problem. That's a huge problem. Don't, she shouldn't do that either. But the flip side of that is when she gets upset, as a child will do, she throws a tantrum. I'm talking about Melissa. Both of these things are wrong. She'll throw a tantrum because she does not listen to what the person is saying. So she'll just either get upset and I've talked to her and say, hey, you have to stand up for yourself. And she will take that as I need to be disrespectful to my mom. And I'm like, no. That don't go over that side. I'm just saying that you if she says something to you, if she says something to you 
that you do not like, then address that as an adult. Hey, mom, I don't like that. And say it as if, don't try, don't say it with the tone of, I'm trying to hurt your feelings. Say it in a tone of, I think you're crossing the line right now and I find it disrespectful what you're saying. And leave it at that. And like I said, it's both sides of this. Like I think both of them need to work on figuring out how to have a conversation with each other because I think that one of the problems in society as a whole is that parents and their children don't have the relationship, don't have adult relationships. And the only time I really even see it kind of happen is when the child moves out and has their own stuff. Or if the child honestly does exactly what the parent wants them to do. And I think that's a problem because on the, on the other side of that, the parent feels like, well, if you don't do exactly what I told you to do, you're going to be a failure. And I don't want you to be a failure. They, they try to use that blanket argument. Well, if you don't do what I said, you're going to be a failure. And as every kid knows, just because I'm not doing what you told me to do, does not mean I'm going to be a failure. And there's that disconnect between a parent and a child having that conversation. So is there anything else you want me to address with that as far as not saying told me to address this. I, this is something I brought up myself, but I'm asking if you anything you wanted to address as far as what I said. No? Okay. Um, any problems with what I said? No. Okay. You sure? Are you sure? I'm just making sure. Because I feel like there is, but you don't want to say it. No. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't, what you're hearing is probably because I wasn't expecting you to go like in depth. Yes. Kind of with this conversation. Yes. Um, I don't have an issue with it. Yeah. Uh, it's just... Right. Like I said, the reason I brought this up is because this conversation does not get had if other people are not in, in brought into the conversation. And what I mean by that is if there's not a third party for uh, to judge what's happening, then it just keeps happening. Because it seems like that is how a lot of older people tend to act and respond to. Obviously, we wouldn't be here. Next thing of my life update, because that was just one part of last week, is... You guys are familiar with uh, my cousin who's on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago. Her name is Hadassah Francis. You can go follow her on Instagram at oh my god or OMG it's Hadassah. Um, so she is a strong black woman, right? Young black woman uh, in law school. As she corrected me because I told her she was, I think I told her she was in college. She's like, I'm not in college. I'm in law school. No, I thought it was the same thing. I haven't been to college in a long time. I was only there for like a semester and a half. So I thought it was like, oh, law school is school. After college, it's all the same thing. But apparently, I was wrong. So she is, like I said, a strong black woman. Now, the reason I bring that up is because it seems that the stigma between a strong black woman deters men from pursuing them, right? And... Another thing that happens is other women try to be a, quote, strong black woman. I don't think that strong black women ever use that moniker for themselves. I think they just exist as strong black women and other people come to them and say, oh, my God, you're so strong and black and a woman. And that's just kind of how it happens. Um, I don't really th I don't really believe like Harriet Tubman was running around saying I'm a strong black woman. I don't know if she was saying that. I don't know if Rosa Parks was saying she's a strong black woman. I just assumed they were just doing things and other people called them that. Now, because of that, they tend to act a certain kind of way, portray a certain kind of uh, character, which is the, I need my man to be like this. And if he don't, I, I have a, a laundry list of things he needs to do. And if he needs to make this much money, he needs to look just like this and act like that and go to this school and be like this and treat me like that. Right. 
Now, I always laugh at this because I never believe anything girls say. Like 99% of the time, if they talk, I'm like, yeah, probably lying, right? Because the majority of girls I've ever dealt with are completely driven by their emotion. How many times have you seen a girl who probably, even if you ask her, I never thought I would have dated somebody like this who looks like him, but somehow he ended up fucking her. They got kids together and so on and so forth. How did that happen? Because your laundry list of things is not that important. It's more important of how that guy actually makes you feel. And I think that guys don't understand that. They think that they see a guy, a girl like that, and they go, I can't talk to them because they look like that. Or they say they want this and they say they want that. And when in actuality, they want a person to make them feel good. That's what they want. Regardless of if she's rich, super smart, uh, super successful, whatever the case might be, she wants a guy that's going to make her feel safe and a guy that's going to make her feel good. Those are two things that she wants. And honestly, providing is, is not even as important as guys think it is. It's, it, it, uh, it helps, but it's not that important. Anyone that she, they, want, they also want a guy that's uh, ambitious, but, you know, whatever. When she was on the podcast, I had said to her, hey, I think that, oh, before I get to that. The strong black woman thing is a veil for insecurity. That's what I've realized. That girls are trying to defend themselves from ain't shit dudes, so they put up this veil of trying to keep guys away. Now, the problem I think comes with that is you are not actually, you don't actually believe what you're saying. So any guy that more or less checks off these checkpoints that you have can fuck or do anything that he wants, make you feel bad, whatever the case might be, be toxic. As long as he checks off tall, dark skin, uh, has a good job, has a car, you're like, oh yeah, I like him. That's what I want. And you let him in. And because you don't actually have the strength to say, no, nah, I don't really like you because you're always late. I don't really like you because the way you treat your mother. I don't really like you because of how you treat people at, you know, wait staff or stuff like that. Because once he took up your little checklist, which is a fake checklist to begin with, he's pretty much past the, the front gate and can do whatever he wants. And that only happens because a woman doesn't have the actual confidence to tell him, Yo, are you bugging. Like, I'm worth more than what you think I'm worth. Even though I, I'm successful, I have money, and I have, uh, you know, education, I'm worth more than you think I am. I'm worth a lot more, and I'm not going to put up with X, Y, and Z. So, my cousin falls into that same category. I say this all the time. She, Any girl that, you, that tends to come off as super, super strong like that, and they usually are very insecure. That's what I believe, right? So, I challenged her. I said, hey, what I want you to do is, I want you to... Go to the next guy you see, right? And I want you to give him your number. Now, the reason I suggested that is because I think that she is going down a pattern of her mother, which is where it's like, I don't care about a guy. I, I live my life. I want to live my life. I don't care. Fuck it, right? But this is that persona again, where it's like, you do want a guy. Still, you're acting like you don't, but you do. And that's where the problem comes in because now you're lying to yourself. So now whenever a guy comes in that does make you feel kind of good, you think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. When in actuality, he's just a, one guy that passed the, the, the nonsense test that you put up. He's not an actual legit guy. He just passed a little test, that you, the fake test that you made, and now he's inside. So I was telling her, listen, if you want a different lifestyle, or you want a different life for you, you have to break the pattern that feel comfortable to you. Now, this is different for everybody. Everybody, some people can just go up to somebody and say, hey, I want, you know, here's my number. My name is Melissa. Here's my number because that's what Melissa did. Everybody can, some people can do that. Some people can't. You have to figure out what feels comfortable to you and do the opposite. You have to go, okay, 
why is it uncomfortable for me to go up to a guy and give him my number? Or what's something that you felt was uncomfortable for you with uh, dating guys? There was something that you felt like you didn't do before. Maybe it was talking on the phone, you no know, calling guys. It was something. I felt like, um, like when you, you mean like approaching guys? Anything. Like I'm trying to think of something that falls into the same category of you have to break your mold of guys to be able to find a guy that you want, but it's not something that you're comfortable doing because of your past experiences with men. I know I didn't like asking questions mm-hmm. because I felt like if, if I, 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 I'm naturally curious. I remember yours, but okay. Oh, I'm naturally curious, but um, I noticed that the guys that I talked to didn't like when I asked a lot of questions. Okay. So, Melissa was, uh, well, that's, I feel like approaching me was very, um, I would say, I say forthcoming in a sense where you're actually going out and being proactive. I have a problem with Right, I know. And, but you have a problem with questions. I don't think Adasa has that problem. But she won't approach a guy on the street and give her her number. Oh, she'll be like, why are you doing this? Right. Uh, yeah. Why, why you, right. Why you want to do that? Why you want to do this? Why you doing that? Why you didn't go there? Why you didn't, I feel like she'll do that. But she won't go up to a guy and go, hey, I think you're attractive. Here's my number. So I think that you have to figure out why you're uncomfortable doing certain things. And then you have to do those things. Um, because then you get both sides of the coin to be a complete person. You have to know, okay, growing up, you have to understand this growing up, you were programmed to think a certain kind of way, whether it be by your parents or your traumatic experiences. And they shaped you in a certain way. I call that having one side of the coin. So you may grow up being a very aggressive person. Maybe you always want to fight all the time. That might be your thing. So now you understand that, oh, people don't really want to fight that much like people say they want to fight but whenever somebody said that to me and I actually fight them they go oh I didn't really want to fight somebody who does not fight will not know that so they'll always think when somebody says they want to fight they actually want to fight but now what happens is the person that actually wants to fight does not understand that there is a you should not always try to fight everybody so that means you have to let something slide that means somebody says something to you that may be disrespectful you have to be able to go yeah, I don't really want to fight. Like I'm, I, it's, I could, I have, but I'm good now. You will see a lot of, I guess, OGs or people who've been in the game or fight for a long time will say this, where it's like, I don't really have to fight, and I could if I needed to, but for what reason? But they experienced that because they used to fight a lot when they were younger. So as far as dating goes and with my cousin, I feel like you have to have both sides of the coin. So if she's, in a, if she's a person that tends to ask a lot of questions in this situation, I think she also needs to find out what's uncomfortable for her, which would be going up and approaching men and giving them her number. She saw a guy in Target or some other place, and she did not give him her number. And we had said on the podcast, we said, hey, it's a challenge. You see a guy, you find attractive. Her thing was, I'm not going to find no guy that's attractive. I don't see excuses. This is what girl excuses. Any excuse to not do the thing that makes them feel uncomfortable. I'm like, if you find a guy that you see is attractive, just go up to him and say, hey, my name is Hadassah. I think you're attractive. Here's my number. It's probably going to be terrifying for her. For her. her Melissa does it all the time. Her eyes closed. Hey, go up to them backwards. My number is, here it is. All of that, right? I, I, that's not true. I don't have a problem approaching a guy. Uh-huh. Right? Yes. So, honestly, it was out of character for me to give you my number the way that I did. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem talking to you. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah. So, how many guys have given you a number to, Melissa, that you met? Like that? That, the way I, gave him my number? I mean, well, I'm special, so obviously that's different. But like, how many times have you given your number to a guy outside after you approached him? After I approached him? Yes. Listen, I don't do that that often. Um, 
five times. Six times. That's a lot. That's a lot compared no, to no, compared. Maybe three. Do you tell them that they're cute? No. I don't tell them that they're cute. Uh-huh. I might compliment something either that they're wearing or, oh my gosh, there's something about their appearance. Like a beard. But, uh-huh. Oh yes, I might do that. Mm-hmm. Or in Starbucks, that was my stomach. Oh, so that's where you were just <laughs> wheeling all the men? You were just like, oh yeah, beard man, come over here. You got another beard? Come here, Mr. Beard. So... Either way, the reason I bring this up, the reason I bring this up is because she didn't, she didn't do it. Um, and I, the main reason I want her to do it is because I wanted her to actually see the her weaknesses. Because if you don't address your weakness, you never know that it exists. So the fact that you can say, "Hey, I'm gonna do that," but then when the time comes, you don't. You have to ask yourself, "Why didn't I do that?" Like I thought I could do, I thought I was gonna do it, but. When the time came, I couldn't do it. I need to figure what that what that's about. Um, so, funny enough, uh, she ended up a couple of days. I mean, a couple of days later, we talked about it. So now I feel like she understands. She's she's going. She's figuring out her phases in her life right now because it seemed like she has been. Uh, she called herself prude. I feel like I don't know, sheltered. I would say. Um, so now she's experiencing more. Um, one thing I've always said too is. The only person who can make you a hoe is yourself, right? You're only a hoe if you are fucking somebody because this doesn't apply to guys. Regardless of what anybody says, I don't care if you're a girl, guy, whatever. Guys can't be hoes. I'll say it in the reason why in a second, but you just can't be a hoe as a guy. But for girls, the only time you're a hoe is if you're fucking a guy to get something from him. If you're fucking a guy because you want his love if you're fucking a guy because you want his validation, if you're fucking a guy because you even want his money, I would say that's pop, that, that's a hoe. If you are fucking a guy for the reasons that for him as opposed to for you, I think that makes you a hoe. Um, So if you want to fuck because you want to fuck and you think he's attractive and you want to fuck him, that'll make you a hoe. It makes you a person who wants to fuck. That's, that's, a, that's how life is. And if you want to do that, people will try to call you a hoe, but the kind... This is just me. This is my opinion. I don't believe that you lose confidence if you're fucking somebody because you want to fuck them. The only time I think a girl feels hurt by being called a hoe is if they're actually fucking guys for their validation, for the guy to approve them, for the guy to be like, wow, you're amazing. I love your pussy. It's so good. I love the way that you you, you talk and the way that you, I don't know, what else do girls like to do? Do your hair. I don't know. What else girls like to do? I don't know. So... If you're going to do that, do it because you want to do it, not because the other guy wants you to do it. So now she's exploring her life and just talking to guys, just being comfortable. Um, and the last thing I'm going to say on that is when it comes to talking to guys, I always say this as a girl, even guys too, but mostly girls, because I say girls are the reason girls run the world. And I feel like they should run the world, but they allow other guys to do it. That's just my opinion on it. But. If you want to call a guy every day, I think you should do that, right? I think if that's what you feel like doing, call him every day. I feel like if you want to ask a bunch of questions, do that. If you want to text him, do that. The reason I say that is because 
That's how you. That's how what you feel like doing. That's what you should do. However, when you don't want to call him anymore, you should not call him either. And that's again having both sides of that coin. Like I said earlier, it's the yin and the yang. You do what you want to do. If you feel like calling him at eight o'clock in the morning, you're like, hey man, I just woke up. I'm kind of. I just got up from sleep. I had to eat breakfast. I was thinking about you. I want to talk to you. Call him. He's going to be like, wow, that's crazy. You wanted to talk to me? Don't believe all the nonsense. Oh, I don't want to be too clingy. and I don't want to be too thirsty. Because if you call a guy 8 o'clock in the morning and he says you're thirsty for calling me 8 o'clock in the morning, that's a sign that he is the wrong guy for you. It's a blatant sign. Why are you calling me so early? Oh, my God, you're thirsty. That should be a huge red flag. This is a weirdo. Because if you at some point want to date him, uh, maybe you're going to want to call him at 8 o'clock in the morning. Honestly, if he and then again, if he's a real man, he'll say, hey, listen. I can't talk right now with my mom eating breakfast. I'm going to call you back when I'm free. That's what men do. Just ignore you all day. That's not what men do. That's not how they react. Okay. They'll, they'll let you know, Hey, I'm doing X, Y, and Z, so on and so forth, whatever the case might be. Um, so there's that. Uh, I also wanted to give you guys a little bit more about last week's update. What we went through Airbnb, you know, we on the Airbnb path. Okay. Y'all know Airbnb. We doing wholesaling, real estate. We doing Airbnb, real estate. Actually, I gotta stop saying that. We are not doing Airbnb. We are doing corporate housing. Okay, we're a corporate housing company. We don't do Airbnb. That's for the bitches. Okay, we do corporate housing, like for the real people out here. Okay, um, for the grownups. All right. Um, we use other companies like Expedia and Verbo, or what is it? VRBO, Ver- Verbo. So we we use them, right? So. We had the course. I talked about this before. In the course, or last week, as we said, he was pretty much giving us game on how to get 15 units in the first week, first six months off, three months not paid, everything, right? All of that. And we're just like, I hear you, but one, I'm black. So I don't know if that's going to work. That's all we always think that. As a black person, that's just part of being black. It's like, hmm, I hear you, but you're not black. And I don't know if what you're saying is going to work for me, a person who is black. So, so far, we Melissa made some calls yesterday, okay? We're going to start posting those on YouTube at some point, okay? The Airbnb whole corporate housing journey. Um, and worst case scenario right now, at this point today right now, from the calls that she made, we already more or less have four units that we can get if we choose to do so, if those are the ones we want to go with, with the first several months free on rent, and we would have those places. Now, we was like, you guys already know, if you listen to the two weeks ago podcast, I was like, yo, or three weeks ago, I'm like, by the end of the year, we want to have at least two company, two uh, rental places for our corporate housing company, okay? And now, we might get four just in February alone, Right? This is not, I was not expecting this at all. And the first couple months are free. So that means that any money that we make will technically be net. And then we can reinvest that into the company and grow from there, which is crazier than I thought it was going to be. We are still going to Atlanta because this actually is not in Atlanta. This is in Philadelphia, which is interesting because that is not, he was calling them to test. Melissa was like, okay, you know what? Yeah, I get the, I get the, uh, the cobwebs off. So she got on the phone and called some random places just to see. If she gets her her wording right and things like that, and maybe they might be a good place too. So you figure, you know what? If it does, if it doesn't work out, we might come back and swing back around here and do this. 
among her doing that, they were like, sure, we can put you in here next month, four months, four units, three months free, next couple months free. Everything is good. And she was like, yes, yes, that's what we, yes, sure, yes, we want to do that. So when we come back from Atlanta, if nothing works in Atlanta, worst case scenario, we're going to do some more research, but we will probably be moving to Philadelphia, which is funny because that's where I do a lot of my wholesaling at. So I was thinking about this. I didn't tell you. Uh, there's a girl I have in Philadelphia. <laughs> I love you. Um, I was gonna say that um, I'll think about getting my real estate license in Philadelphia. If we do go there, I'll get my license and and then be able to do like the um, the MLS access and things like that, and be able to go and wholesale or do I don't wholesale real estate investing in Philadelphia. Um, so yeah, I just think about that. So if if that happens, if we end up going to Philadelphia, then I'm again get my license and I'll be doing the real estate on both sides. We're gonna have a whole real estate. Con- we are real estate investors. That's what we do. We are real estate investors. We don't do wholesaling. That's for the no. We don't do Airbnb. No, we do real estate investing. Okay, that's what we are. We're moguls on this side. I told you, you're gonna watch us turn our life into a living on this podcast. You're gonna see it. If you stay with us long enough, you don't see the lot from where we were before to where we are now. Watch 2021. Um, also, speaking of how great this year has been so far, Melissa got put onto a skin collab. You know, hit us up in the in the in the DMs, but not really the email addresses. I, I don't know what you call those. Um, the EDs, the EAs, and they had watched. She said multiple videos. She actually had watched one. I think she watched a video. She was talking about how she watched the um, what is it called? One of the podcasts about the clubhouse video, which is interesting to me. Um, and she was saying that she really liked Melissa's energy. She liked how Melissa's video she put up a while ago about hyperpigmentation, um, and just her skin journey in general. So she was saying that she would like to work with Melissa, the company, and they would, you know, provide her with some product. And then we would, you know, do some, you know, do something, a little something, something with that. So like I said, 2021, it's going to be a great year for everybody. We plan to do very well. And as far as that goes, I always want to put this out there, too, because this is going to come up later. When we do collabs with people, okay, we are doing them. We want to add so much value to the collab or for the collab that people go, you know what's crazy? Yeah, I really, I got to work with them again because I, I only wanted this, but they gave me all this other stuff. I got to work with them again. I got, I got because they were, they were just so, it was so much more than I thought I was going to get. That's how I like to do my collabs. I like to do my my business models is very uh, centered around that because, as I said before, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk have that much money because they have a percentage of the total amount of the company. OK, they added that much value to the world that they only took a small piece of that and they have 200 million, 200 billion dollars because they added that much value. They need all of it. They need a piece of the total amount of value that they added. And that's what I want to do. That's how I want to live my life and build uh, the Bamboo Project. Um, so last thing about the, uh, corporate housing, we started with 18 in Atlanta and we only ended up with four this weekend. We're going to go to checkout. So we're going to see how that goes. And we opened our business account. I don't think I talked about, I talked about us getting it, but we actually opened a checking, a business checking account for the company that we were there for three hours because they were trying to tell us because we opened it in Georgia, we had, we can't do it. We have to go back to, we have to go to Georgia to do it. Then they were telling us, um, we had to go to a different bank to do it because they needed an actual relations manager. But then 
they said that we don't actually need that. We can do it there. And then they wanted to know what kind of business it is. They didn't understand it. And then they had to call somebody else to come and verify it. And then we had to do all of that. And they had to restart the whole process again because she put the wrong stuff in. So once we got through all of that, she goes, oh, my bad. I talked to somebody and they said, you got to start over again. But that's life. That's a bamboo project. You're just going to keep going. We're going to be consistent. We are consistency. That is what it is. I believe that that is the most important thing to be successful is to be consistent. The luckiest people are the most consistent people. It's just how life works. You roll a dice enough times, you're going to get two sixes. It's just a matter of time. If you keep rolling it, you're going to get two sixes. And is that luck or do you just roll enough time to get two sixes? That's how I look at it. Um, so that is it for the life update. What time do we have right now? 35, 40 minutes. Well, this says 17. Ridiculous. This one will break up with you. We were playing. Got me, get my anxiety going up, and now if I passed out. Yes, I was. I was about to be like, Melissa, dude, what's the math? What is the math of 1,700 seconds to hour minutes and stuff? Um, you guys know, I think I didn't do it as well today as I did last week, I don't believe, from what I'm hearing. However, I do think I did better than I did the week before. But I listened to last week, and it's a strange phenomenon, right? Because Melissa was saying that I sounded fine. She goes, you don't sound how you think you sound. And I'm like, no, you're wrong. I don't believe you. She's like, Donovan, you sound fine. I'm like, no, you're lying to me. You're lying. She's like, Donovan, you don't sound how you think you sound. So she was right. I listen back to it, and I'm like, yo, this shit sounds fire. I'm like, wow, this shit sounds amazing. I was mad at myself re-listening to last week's episode because I kept stopping. Like, I was enjoying listening to it, and I'm just like, okay, Donna, this is very professional. I'm like, this is a, how much money do you pay for this podcast? I don't get paid anything for the podcast. And then I stopped, and I stopped again, and I stopped again. I'm just like, oh, my God, you were doing just fine. Just keep going. Like, you was fine. I don't even know why you stopped. So... That kind of uh, annoyed me because I really thought that last week's episode sounded very professional. Um, so from a production standpoint, obviously, it was good. But then from the, the what do you call that? What do you call the people that are not the talent? From the talent standpoint, I was like, oh, I'm really killing this role right now. I'm killing this, right? I really felt good. I'm like, this was, this was a good episode. Listen to it. Um, the only thing which I know that we've talked about this before in the podcast is that I should tend, I should, uh, what do you think I'm going to say? One thing I shouldn't do that I did last week. Does it have to do with the speed that you're speaking? Mm-mm. And the way that you pause? Oh, one more guess. Something I did last week that I said I wouldn't do on a podcast. Or I shouldn't do on a podcast. When I say it, you're going to be like, oh, facts. I told you not to do that. So, on the podcast, I have said that I should not read articles and I should not read things on the podcast. Yes, I did. Um, now, I don't think it was as bad as it has been in the past. However, I do think that even as I was listening to it, it was it was hard for me to get through for multiple reasons. One, I think if I'm going to read something like that, I have to put it into my own words, which I've talked about before. And it also was kind of fun to listen back to me reading it because... When I do put out my own book at some point, I do the audio version. I have to remember like, oh, 
you have to read things with a certain kind of energy. Every sentence is not a bland sentence and you don't want to put inflections in the wrong space when you're reading something. So as I was reading it, I think for me to read better, especially when I'm reading, I guess, on camera, I should read the sentence in my head first and then formulate how I'm going to say it once I read it. So I'll read the sentence and then go, okay, this seems like it's going to be a funny sentence. Let me say it with a funny inflection. Oh, this is going to be a question. Let me raise my voice. So that's going to be, you know, more, um, I guess more of a question related, uh, sentence or whatever the case might be. The reason why it's harder for me to do that is because normally when I talk, I talk really fast. So obviously if I'm talking that fast, you can only imagine how my brain is, is moving. So if I'm pausing in my mind to read the sentence, then I think that in the outside world, outside of my brain, that I'm taking like a 12 second pause when in actuality is maybe milliseconds, if even that long, it's really not that long. So now if I ever have to read anything again, I will try to read it and give energy to each actual sentence because even as I listened to it myself, I thought, mm, eh, this could have been read a lot better. Like it had its good parts, but I feel like between the words he was using, I was stumbling over between not saying the words properly, between not using the right inflections for certain sentences. I just felt like, you know what? This is, it was okay. But, and not only that, I more or less read the whole thing or said the whole story and then read the whole story afterwards. So I told Melissa the story. I said, you know what? I'm going to read the story. And then I read it afterwards. So, you know, I think I could have definitely uh, finessed that a little bit better. I intro last week. <laughs> fuck that. That shit was whoo, fire. I was fucking with that. The way that the, the music transitioned into me talking into the actual podcast. Oh, my God. I was like, who who made this? Like, this is fu- who, who? Oh, that was um, I think that was a Kanye West uh, song. But yeah, that shit. Yeah, right. That's that's how I felt. I was like, who? Oh, who? That's how I felt. And then also the other song where it was like the little girl who was like, oh, is that Jesus? Who? You know that one? No. There was, it's um. Uh, it was it's one of the new songs. He had a little girl who was oh, doing an intro. Jesus, the yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was uh, that's how I felt when I was listening to last week's uh, intro. I thought that shit it was so smooth. I hope I could do it again this week. That shit was so smooth. Um, so something else I noticed too with because I don't I don't do these, but I know other people do do this. Um, it's something called Airbnb, right? I don't, I don't, I don't do that. I, I am a corporate whole, uh, corporate housing company, but I have heard that other people do Airbnb. Now, as I was researching this a while ago, cause like I said, I don't do, I don't do that. Not what I do. Um, I think it's so funny cause every time that we look for courses and things of that nature, it seems as though we get some, well, I don't know about Melissa, but me personally, I get so shocked when I find somebody, I go, Oh my God, Alexia Wright has 25 airbnbs oh this is a, this is crazy how she got 25 this is oh jesus she's killing the game right so then i go you know what i'm gonna buy her a course i'm gonna figure out how to get paid just like her go do some more research another guy with a course i'm doing 100 airbnb oh my god 100 airbnbs melissa he's doing 100 airbnbs this is crazy how's he doing 100 airbnbs this is so he's he must be million dollars a year he says oh my god millions of dollars every year 
we bought his course. We say, you know what? 100 units is a lot more than 25 units. It's more. If you put on a scale, you got 100. It's bigger than 25. I go on Clubhouse, which you guys know how I feel about Clubhouse. But, you know, sometimes when the rooms are not large, I love being on Clubhouse. Like, if it's a smaller room, I, I think, honestly, 100 people is the maximum in my opinion and even then that's like that's that's the maximum like oh my no more than 100 if it's like 50 60 those are my favorite rooms because it might be like five six people on stage they're all in the business they haven't gotten to the guru level of clubhouse yet where they feel like i need to be everybody's mentor and everybody needs to subscribe and follow to my uh clubhouse room and stuff they don't feel like that so they're still normal people you know so I'm in this this place, and this other guy in here, I didn't do much research on him. I did not do much research on him yet, but this guy says he has over a thousand units on Airbnb. I'm like, oh my god! And he has a course. I didn't buy his course, obviously. I don't know how good it is, but I just think it's funny because I thought that 25 units was actually I'm 25 units. That's crazy. Then I go to the next guy, 100 units. Oh my gosh, 100 units. You have a thousand plus units, sir. Sir, how do you have a thousand plus units? That's that's insane. I thought that was insane that he has a thousand units. I just thought it was crazy. But I just think it's funny because even when we first started this journey into, you know, I guess not being broke and getting evicted, I had bought a course. Honestly, the first course I ever bought was $100 this year, last year, with some guy named Ray on uh, Twitter. And I had said that day, I said, you know what? I think, which is funny. I was like, buying courses is good. Like, you can buy courses. Like, it's, it's beneficial. You may learn one thing from it, and that one thing may get you over the hump for what you need. And so, and from that day, I think we bought four courses since then. We bought the $100 one. Then I bought, you know, Eric Thomas has teamed up with Jamal King. They have a real estate course, which I purchased. That one's $1,000. Then Melissa purchased the wholesaling course, which was $1,000, right? And because she purchased that course, we ended up getting bigger on YouTube because of that course specifically. Then, or now, we're taking the Airbnb course, which is $3,000. So I think it's funny because I actually saw a video the other day where a guy was talking about how he paid like mad money for different courses. He was breaking it down like, for each one. And he was like, he had a course where he spent like $50,000, some shit like that. Um, and he said that, I think he said the course he learned the most from was like either $800 or $8,000. But it wasn't the most expensive one. He didn't get the most from that one. Um, so... Listen, we already we out here, and I will always pay for my education, not for school. I don't fuck fuck school. Education. I want to be educated. I want to learn. I want to go. Okay. I need to find out information. Where can I get information from? You have it. I'll pay you for it. Am I gonna go and sit in a classroom and have you grade me on this nonsense and do all the bullshit? No, I don't care about none of that. I'm, and I'm definitely not about to spend three two hundred grand to go to do that. I'm not to do it. Two hundred. See, I feel like it's, 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 it's crazy. You know how much we spent so far? Like 15, 25, 35. We've spent $3,600. And I think I have learned more in those from those courses or because of those courses than I've learned in all of college. And I was there for, I spent more money in college. You know, only there for a semester and a half. I was well, yeah, I don't know what Melissa was doing there. I don't. That's uh, you got. You got to talk to her about that. I don't know. She was the St. John's Academy. Was St. John's Academy or St. John's University? Excuse my bad. Excuse me, my bad. Melissa went to St. John's University. Excuse me, because you know how baby, you can't say college, you can't say academy, you can't. Everything got to be right. Yes, because. <sighs> 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 
That means they're going to charge you the most money. That's what that means. They're going to try and rob you for the most money. So, yeah. Whatever, whatever, whatever. I do what I want. Um, as you guys know, one of the issues I had with Lexia Wright's course was that. Uh, facts. Whatever you want to say it. However you want to say it. One of the problems I had. I didn't know. You might be right. I don't know yet. Did I say what I say? I don't know if you're right. One of the problems I had with the thing I just said is that we didn't have access to her through the course. Or at least she didn't tell us if we have access to her through the course. Her responses, I wasn't fucking with. One of the deciding factors was that we have the ability to talk to Sean, which is the guy who runs the course, who made the course. Come to find out, he charges like $150 for every 10 minutes. He talked to him, which I did not know, which was not explained to us. Um, I would still pay for it because I think it's like $400 for 30 minutes or something like that. I'll still pay for it. Once I, once I get to a point where I feel like, okay, I need to figure this out, I'll pay. You guys already know. I'll pay for my education. I just said that. I will pay to further my life if I need to. That's what money is for. Um, one of the reasons, one of the things it's for. So I would definitely do that. But I just didn't know we had to pay for that. I was not, I was not aware of that. Uh, funny enough, I did say last week too on the podcast that I would charge for my time and not for my information, which is like, I'll give it to you for free. Who, him? I was just saying that I understand. Like I, I get the fact he's charging for both, but I'm like, I understand charging for time. Yeah. So, you know, I've been on the phone with people. I might be on the phone for two hours if I'm talking to somebody um, about wholesaling and stuff. Four so, hours. okay, four hours, whatever. Um, so, my business. So, guys, we have Donovan's questions. You know, normally we don't have it, but today we got Donovan's questions. Um, I don't, I, is it a question form? Okay, so. I guess I'll give context. I don't normally do this for Donovan's questions, but I think that I'll do it this time. Normally, I feel like everybody says we don't care about privacy on social media, on the Internet, because, hey, I am not doing anything illegal. So I don't care. Look at my phone records. Look at my web search history. Look at who I'm calling. I don't care. Right. I'm not doing nothing illegal. If you're not doing anything illegal, then why will the government come and arrest you? Right? And I used to think the same way. Okay? So, Donovan's question is... Do you still feel that way if what is illegal changes? Think about that. Okay? Do you care about privacy... If the laws that are illegal change, leave it at that. The laws that are illegal change? That probably didn't say that right in my law school, so I don't know how to say that. If, okay, I'll try it again. If the laws that decide what's illegal change, do you still care about your privacy? Bar. That's a bar. Okay. Um... And for today's topic, you know, we have one topic for today. Is it better to have CEOs run companies or people? And I think about this all the time. Like it's something that comes up all the time, especially with what's going on right now with uh, the president of the United States being kicked off of Spotify. Okay. He has some very dangerous playlists. And I think that they have decided that his playlist can cause riots and they got to take him off Spotify. It's bad. 
Okay. Um, we had this conversation before on the podcast when Joe Rogan was leaving uh, YouTube for Spotify. And I don't, I don't really know who's more important when it comes to companies. I always think about this because if you have a democracy, right, most people either one, don't care about what happens to them, um, and two, the other ones don't have the education to even think about what, what could possibly happen. And when you have situations like that, who should be in charge? Because we we here, we all go, well, we don't want to be in a dictatorship, right? Nobody wants to have that. But then the alternative is a bunch of racist people making decisions who are not in office. Like, when do, how do we decide, like, if we, okay, for example, right? If you live in this country and you're a minority, then if we're running the laws based off of the majority of people, which is technically the people, then is it better to have a situation like that or is it better to have a government where the person running it is actually weighing both sides of the argument like which one is actually better when you have a ceo and the ceo is listening to everybody that's complaining about oh my god uh i can't believe that you said this why didn't you ban the president from Spotify, that's terrible. You need to ban him from Spotify and Twitter and Facebook. Why didn't you do it? Man, it's like, well, because I don't think he should be banned. Like, I hear what you guys are saying, but I don't agree with that. So is he wrong for doing that? Because if he was to ask anybody who said that he was that he should be banned and then he brought up, hey, do you actually know that the First Amendment actually grants him the right to say that? Do you actually know that the algorithm was set up to take away this kind of speech? Do you know these things? And most people will go, nah, I don't know any of that. Like, I don't know how the algorithm works. I don't know what the terms of service agreement says. I never read it. I don't even know what the amendments are. I don't read them shits. I don't read the, the Bill of Rights. I don't know any of that. I know we have freedom of speech or something like that and expression and news, but I don't really know what that means. And it's like, well, then I don't think you should be the person to decide what happens here because you don't know anything about what's being said. But the problem is everybody feels like they should be the ones making decisions. And they go, what about the people? The people should make the decisions. And it's like, mm, how true is that? And I again, that's something I've been, talking, I've been thinking about. So I, I wanted to bring that here, present that to you guys and go, hmm, what do you guys think? Because if I ask you right now, let's say wherever you work at, let's say you work at a hospital, let's say you work for, you know, uh, sanitation. If I ask you today, how should the money be allocated at, your sanitation department, right? You don't know. You have no idea. Like you don't you don't have any access to the information to make that to make that decision. So is it better for the people with no information to make decisions based off of things they don't know because it's more of them? Or is it better for people who are informed to make decisions? And that I think is what they call an oligarchy. Is that what that one is? Which one is the people that are like really smart? Is it family related? A small group of people having control over a country, organization, institution. Yeah, that sounds right to me. That sounds that's that sounds that I'm I, I think I'm for that one. I think I like that one because Why? because well I like that one because I assume 
This is see that's the problem. I assume that the people that would be in that position are the ones who uh have the most information. Because I don't think that the majority of people know about anything. That I don't I don't think they know about anything that's going on. But if you look at it like okay, you have this and this and this is a an example because I know these people don't know everything. But you look at like Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Tim Cook, um, you know, whoever the biggest real estate owner, those people, I think those are the ones that should make a lot of the decisions because they have the most information about real estate and how the economy works. You don't. Like you you're telling us that we should borrow, you know, twenty trillion why can't the government just print a hundred trillion dollars? They could do it. Just give it to us. It's like, do you know how money works? That doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. You should probably look into that. It would make more sense if you looked into it to understand why that's stupid. Um, I think you disagree with the oligarchy thing. Mm, I just, um, I think that, I think it could work. I think that it would just have to be specific people chosen for it. Yeah, and it's, it can't be a group of uh, the same people that's running. I have an idea. I think democracy is not the best thing. Um, because I don't, like I said, I do not think that people will make the best decisions as a whole. I just don't think that because you're asking a lot of people to be informed and most people have too many things going on to be informed about everything going on in the world or in the country or anything. They can barely even handle their own, uh, finances and you're asking them to care about how the country runs the money and how the country handles real estate crashes, how the country handles shoot food shortages and, uh, terrorists. Like, how do you expect one person to make those those kind of decisions. So what I think would be the best option is that you have to earn that spot. How would you earn it? Depending on how good you are, whatever you at whatever you do. So let's say that for some, and this is where it becomes kind of like flaky. But if you are really good at building cars, then I think you should be the person that we go to for car information. Like, how good are you at building cars? And that kind of comes from having companies, kind of, that do very well with that kind of stuff. So if you have figured out, if you're really smart and you know how electricity works, if you know how the economy works, you should be the leader of the economics. And we should come to you for that information. That's how I look at it. I don't think that democracy of having everybody be like, well... I like the way his tie looks. I want to pick him. And he don't have facial hair. And he's handsome. I want to pick him. So you think the experts should? I think it should be experts on their field. And it should be the leading, the experts of the experts are the ones who make decisions about how the country would run. It was like, well, if you know about um, science or, or medicine, you are going to be the one to make decisions about medicine. And we're going to go with that because you have the most information. And we have to go, we have to just kind of figure it out from there as opposed to figure it out from, well, I like this guy. He's nice. He smiles a lot. He's a good guy. He should run the company. He should run. He should run the 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 city because he's a nice guy. Like that's crazy. So that is uh, you know, my opinion on how the company or the the country should be run or the world in general, which I kind of think is going in that direction right now, if it not already is. Um, so and there's actually a guy. He's an Indian guy. Um, I think he's pretty sure he's Indian. Uh, I can't remember his name. I found his name. But I don't, I cannot pronounce this to save my life. But I'm gonna try. Put it on the screen. But people are listening, they can't hear it. Put it in the description box. They, listen, I'm gonna say his name, okay, guys? 
So uh, he is. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a, hold on. Give me a second. Give me a second, guys. Give me a second. I'm gonna tell you his name, and then we gonna we gonna check up check up out of here. C H A. M A T H. Okay. And he is a, it's a, oh, he's an American Canadian venture capitalist. So he might not even be Indian. Well, no, he's definitely Indian. He's Sri Lankan born. That's India, right? Sri Lanka, I think that's Britain. Britain people do consider India. Okay. So yeah, I don't really know exactly how his background is, but he says American Canadian. Uh, when I say his last name, that's why I assumed that he was Indian. But he was an early senior executive at Facebook, joining the company in 2007 and leaving in 2011. Uh, he is a, minor, a minority stakeholder and board member of the Golden State Warriors. And he, when I watched his videos before, he owned so much Bitcoin that he would have been fucking, he owned like the majority of Bitcoin at the time when it first came out. So he has a lot of money. But he was talking about how there's about 150 people who run the entire world. And he was saying that. He just wants a seat at the table with them. He wants to acquire enough capital to get a seat at the table because they are shifting the world in their to their worldview. And that's not a good or a bad thing necessarily. It's just that's what they want. That's what they believe. So they're going to push the world into what they believe. And he was saying that they are probably going to ignore what he wants because he's not at the table. So he wants to acquire enough capital to get at that table to then contribute to the discussion on what the worldview should be. Because he's now at the table and has the ability to then, you know, uh, speak with them. His name is Chamath, 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 C-H-A-M-A-T-H. And his last name is Palafidia. I feel like if I pronounce that correctly, that is not the best name. That sounds like pedophilia. And I think that that's wild. So I'm definitely pronouncing this wrong because it's uh, another uh, country. But it's spelled P-A-L-I-H-A-P-I-T-I-Y-A. That is his last name. So go look him up. Watch some of his videos. Uh, he's, you know, I fuck with him videos. And he's a cool dude. He's funny. Um, I was incorrect. About what? Where is it? So is he Indian? So that wraps it up for episode 43 if you have a topic you want us to discuss or something that you want us to dig deeper in you can dm that to the bamboo project underscore podcast or if you have a story that you went through and you kind of want me to give my opinion on what i think about it let me know dm me be on the phone or you send me a message on uh, instagram we are welcoming guests on the podcast we are still working on the virtual thing uh we shoot between 10 and 12 on tuesdays or at least we try to but we have consistently done the podcast every Tuesday for months now. No matter what we were going through, we've been here every single Tuesday, whether it be at 8 o'clock, whether it be at 8 o'clock in the morning, 8 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock in the morning. We have been here every Tuesday for the podcast. Consistency. We're going we're gonna to keep going. We're only going to try and get better. Um, if you have not already, you can go check out our social media. Mine is Donovan Gray, D-O-N-I-V-A. I think I spelled my name wrong. Wow. Okay, we're going to try that again. D-O-N-I-V-A-N-G-R-A-Y. And then you have the phenomenal, beautiful uh, Melissa. She's over here. Looks very um, nice pose you got there. <laughs> very. Got her hands in the pants. She got her legs spread out. You know, that's my that's my future wife. You know, there she is. And I love her very much. Uh, Anita Burn is her Instagram. A-N-E-T-A-B-U-R-N. We have multiple different projects. Okay. 
We got the food project. We got the clothing project. We have the music project. We have the fitness project. Okay. Mm, mm, mm. We have the sports project and we have the bamboo project podcast, which you just listened. Oh, I fucked that up. Let me try it again. And you have the Bamboo Project Podcast, which you just finished listening to right now. And with that being said, Bamboo Project.